Ten Dominion Fire 360 is on, my friends. Million here with you. M-I-L-L-I-A-N, your ministry provocateur, iconoclast, firebrand, and the resident heretic here at Dominion Fire. It is a pleasure to have you here today, and we thank you for continuing to check out our program today on the episode. This is a topic that has so piqued my interest because we definitely feature authority as a thing here at the Dominion Fire Ministry. And our guest today is Pastor Mike Thompson. Now, I come to find out that he is also in Las Vegas here with us. So a, a hometown guy. I can't tell. I'm, I'm excited on so many levels. It's not even funny. So Pastor Mike, welcome to the podcast. Number one, how are you? And uh, say hello to everybody. Million high. Thank you so much for the opportunity of being here. And hello to all of your listeners. Ah, what a glorious day to serve Jesus Christ and to walk in third heaven authority. We're going to talk a lot about that, I bet. Oh, yeah. I want to get into this, definitely. So before we start in, listeners, I just want to remind you that the podcast is on all the majors. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, you name it, it's it's out there. The website is Dominion Fire. There's a prayer wall at dominionfire.com forward slash prayer. And then all the like, socials, it's at Dominion Fire. If you're ever not sure where to go, there's a main like link website. It's called sleek.bio forward slash Dominion Fire. So um, make sure I'm saying that right. Yes, Dominion Fire. I'm going to double check my work. Measure twice, cut once, as they say. Sleek.bio forward slash Dominion Fire or just DominionFire.com and everything is there. Back on the State of the Podcast address, April 24th, we talked about financial support for the show. If you'd like to do that, it's buymeacoffee.com forward slash DF360. As little as $5 a month helps us out tremendously, and we're building, trying to get some resources to grow this thing even bigger. And if you're not in a position to do that, direct the traffic is all I ask. Please let people know where we are and go on all the major platforms, leave the five-star reviews, comments, etc., and that also helps in the process as well. Anything you can do, we greatly appreciate. Pastor Mike, it is it is time, my friend. So before we get into the book, Third Heaven Authority, would you please tell us about you, your background, your experience? Give us a full rundown on you. Yes. Well, I'm Oregon grown. My wife and I both. My wife, CK, and I, we've been married and actually full-time in the ministry for 45 years now. And as such, you know, we've walked uh, in the spirit-filled life. And the powerful life, the authoritative life. We have a couple of uh, sons and some grandchildren. And in 2013, the Lord spoke to me. Actually, I'll be honest with you, it was an angelic encounter. And uh, the angel said, because at that particular point, we were in Las Vegas. We had a timeshare here. We came down on a sabbatical. And in this encounter, the angel said, the Lord wants you to do it from here. He said, you can perform your ministry, and we'll get into that in a few minutes because that's what the book is about that I just recently released. It was published through Charisma House. He said, you can do that ministry from anywhere, but the Lord would rather you do it from here, Las Vegas. So in 2013, we went home, spent two months getting everything together. We had a fully functioning church there ministry headquarters, online ministry, other things happening. And we moved to Las Vegas at the very end of 2013. So here we are. We are a hybrid church, by the way, Million, because up until that time, we had been operating, you know, pretty much as a traditional church, even though we were not fully traditional ourselves. We have always been trailblazers and moving in the power and the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
But the Lord spoke and he said, when you go to Las Vegas, he said, I want you to turn it backwards. Instead of being a fully functioning traditional Sunday morning church that's doing an online ministry, because we just started at that point about a year or two before, he said, I want you to turn it completely around. When you get to Las Vegas, I want you to find and establish an office building with a large enough room to not only house your offices there, but a big room for a studio. And I want you to go completely with online ministry. And as people come and the audience in your studio, they will become your local congregation. And then the online audience will become an extension, the other leg of that congregation. We did that and the Lord has blessed us tremendously. And so that's why I called a hybrid church. You use the word pastor and that's okay with me. Most people use the word prophet because CK and I are both prophets to the body of Christ. So that's us. That's totally awesome. And you've probably heard a lot like we've heard, you know, it's Las Vegas, it's Sin City. And, you know, I'm big on, you know, you take authority when you name things. So I like to call it Saint City because, you know, we're trying to to build that out here. So it's good that, you know, yeah. someone else gets that. So that that's nice to hear. I want to hear about this encounter that you had. And and the reason I'm I'm very interested is because I have struggled with the topic of angels. That's always been a little weird. I, I can't quite figure out what they do. And I've heard so many explanations and all these different things. I just don't know. And so I'm, I'd like to hear your take on it. But from what I was reading that this encounter happened around 2010. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Yes. So Lord wouldn't let me write the book until now because probably a lot of reasons, but at this point I have the platform and the audience to sustain and to carry it. And also we're in a position right now in the United States, as well as around the world, that the timing of the Lord, the clock of God has already established that this was the point for it to be published. So I really want to thank Charisma. They came to me because I have a podcast on their network and they asked me to write this book. So Third Heaven Authority in 2010 was the initial encounter. I think the audience deserves to know that, you know, like I said, my wife and I were some of those uh, crazy, charismatic, prophetic, filled with the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues, blow up demons, raise the <laughs> nice. dead, heal the sick, you know, all those. We have been since uh, full-time ministry in 1978 when we launched into it. And so I'd had all kinds of encounters over the years, too numerous to even mention. And I had experience, but here is, this was, this was a defining event for me, is in 2010, is that I was in a prayer meeting. And to be honest with you, I wasn't even in my city. I had traveled to another city at the invitation of a host pastor who was establishing a citywide evangelistic campaign. And because they had rented the facilities, the banquet facilities for the meetings in this large hotel, the Hotel Compton, the penthouse suite. And we were up there. And man, we were just praying. I mean, it was a prayer meeting, just like the best prayer meetings that you had ever been in. People were praying in tongues. They were praying in English. They were quoting scriptures. They were making decrees and prophecies and, and all kinds of stuff happening. And I walked around that penthouse suite, looking out the windows at all of the lights of the city down below us that were around because it was in the evening. And I walked over into the living room area, sat down on the carpet, leaned against the wall, 
And then it happened. The Holy Spirit just grabbed me and I just felt myself going straight up in this encounter. I went through the ceiling. I went through the roof of the hotel and up in the air suspended. I could see all of the lights again that I was viewing earlier. And I looked up and above me in the atmosphere, there were a host of these small, reddish, dull lights. They were dull because there was no glory of God in them. Walking in the Spirit, as long as I have some of the encounters and experiences that I've had, is that I can tell very often in the spiritual realm what carries the glory and what does not carry the glory. And that's one of the ways I recognized it instantly. Those were the demonic spirits that we were praying against in that prayer meeting. I went right straight through them, suddenly found myself in the throne room. Whether it's the throne room, a throne room, it was a throne room, there was a throne and Jesus was on the throne. There were angels all around the throne. There were some larger beings behind the throne that I couldn't tell exactly what they were. And the sights and the sounds of heaven were just, oh, they were glorious. I'd never seen such colors and heard such wonderful sounds. And the room of the throne room was made up of a swirling mass of rainbow colors. And in Ezekiel 1 and also in the early chapters of the Revelation, both Ezekiel and John talk about the rainbow over the throne of God. And I was witnessing that, but it didn't have forms such as we would look at a cloud and then see the distinct colors separated. It was a swirling mass, the walls, the ceiling, everything, all of these colors that were just swirling going, and then just the sounds that were with it, music and voices, everything heavenly. But there on the throne, Right there, Millie, was Jesus, and he was looking at me. And here's what is very significant, I think, one of the significant points. When I looked in his face and saw his eyes, the thing that I felt, the very first thing, besides surprise, that I felt there in heaven was the complete absence of what I call the hooks that we have on the earth. I'm talking about the things we struggle with as believers, condemnation lack of self-worth, fear, all of those kind of negative emotions that hold us back, make us wonder. They try to get us out of faith, etc. What I did feel was complete love, acceptance, and value in Jesus. And it was so strong that inside of myself, I just said, Lord, is this what it feels like? To be a new creation in Christ Jesus? Is this what you created us to be? And then the Holy Spirit took me, turned me 180 degrees with my back to the throne. And I was looking, and there was a portal in the floor. And the portal was for looking down. Now, maybe I should explain my teaching, my understanding of Scripture is that there are three heavens hence third heaven authority. The first heaven is a created heaven. I'm talking about the sun, the moon, the stars, the planets, the created universe of which the earth is a part. Second heaven is the spiritual realm that coexists with it. So in the first heaven 
is where our physical bodies, physical things happen. In the second heaven, the spiritual heaven is where the activity of spirits, talking about demonic spirits, angelic spirits, human spirits, Holy Spirit, the spiritual context around. And then there's the third heaven. The third heaven, as defined by the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, the first four verses, when he talks about himself from a different person as being the one who was caught up. He said, I know a man. He was talking about himself who was caught up to third heaven. And he talked about that experience in those verses. And then he goes on through the rest of the chapter and talks about that's where God told him, my grace is sufficient for you. The grace of the third heaven realm is absolutely astounding. I know because I experienced it. During this experience, and even ones that have followed, is the wording and the themes that the Apostle Paul put into his book to the Ephesians is astounding. That's why I call Ephesians the third heaven epistle. Now, that's my terminology, because what I experienced, what I heard in heaven The phrasing of things, the Apostle Paul encapsulated those tremendously. By the way, all of these things are in the book and so much more. So I'm there looking down from the third heaven, what people would generally call heaven in and of itself, through the second heaven, the spiritual realm, because down below I could see all of those reddish, dull, demonic beings to the first heaven, which was the earth and those people in that prayer meeting. But what I noticed is that from their vantage point, Million, they were looking from earth up. And what I have learned since then, and even prior to that, I had a couple of experiences with the Lord, and they have all been confirmed to me, is that very often, We're powerful here on the earth. I mean, obviously, Jesus is in us, the Holy Spirit. We have the name of Jesus. We have the word of God. We have authority. We have so much here. But we very often operate in the linear level. We're trying to, we look up to heaven when we pray. We look up to pull down strongholds. We bump against demonic spirits and speed bumps and walls and all of these conditions on the linear level. So they were viewing it from the earth up. But from my vantage point, I was viewing it from heaven down. Totally different. And what I could see they could not view is up above those small reddish demonic lights was a larger greenish dull light, absence of the glory of God. I heard the Lord's voice. He spoke to me from the throne. It entered my back. When it entered my back, it resonated on the inside of me very powerfully. And it said, launch your warfare from here. Now, that absolutely shocked me. The second thing that I felt in heaven was authority. I mean, it was like, Launch my warfare from here? You better believe it. I'm going to tear them a new one. I mean, it's like, because see, the first feeling, the absence of all the hooks being removed 
where I didn't have those intimidating qualities and emotions trying to hold me back any longer. It's like, of course, let's get this job done. Now, there were a lot of thoughts. I explained that in my book and about armor, how you use armor in heaven, all of these different kinds of things. I looked down at those demons and then I heard the voice of the Lord come again. This time it resonated on the inside of me and then it just came out of my mouth. I looked down at that demon and I spoke to the general. He said, this is the general that's giving the commands over those regional demons. And these were the words that came out of my mouth. In the name of Jesus, I dislodge your assignment against this city. I tear down the structure and the communication system between you and those lower level demons. And I sow fear and confusion into your camp. I prayed a few other things, went along. But what's interesting is every time I released something from my mouth down at that demon, then one of the angels from the throne room would shoot like lightning straight down. And then another one from another side and shoot straight down. And they would hearken unto the voice of the Lord and to the faith command, even if it was coming out of the voice of a believer. There was warfare. The angels did their job. A lot of wonderful things happened. Then I stopped when it was all over and I looked around the throne room. Jesus got up from the throne, walked over next to me, and he said, Mike, I'm giving a new assignment to you. Your assignment is to teach third heaven authority to the people of God. He said, from this day forward, there is going to be an increase in the supernatural. This is going to happen on my side, but it's also going to happen on the dark side. There will be an increase in manifestations of demonic powers in Satanism, the occult, New Ageism, and all of those dark areas. He said, but in my kingdom, my believers are going to experience a drastic increase in the manifestation of supernatural encounters. Many of them will be taken to heaven. Many of them will increase in their ability to operate and to move into the gifts, visions, dreams, angelic encounters. And he said, this is to counteract what the enemy is bringing upon the earth. He said, this is the time, this is the day and the hour when I'll show myself strong on the earth. And he, he said, I will also move through others with the same kind of thing, but you teach third heaven authority. Now, Millian, I had never heard that phrase before. Never in my entire life. It came from the lips of Jesus. It's interesting. My good friend, Sid Roth, told me recently, he said, Mike, when you first started teaching on third heaven authority, I had never heard the term before, and I didn't know anybody else that used it. And he said, but now, he said, I'm hearing it all over the place. So you must be doing your job. And I said, okay, great, Sid, thank you very much. But then the Lord said, we need to bring credibility. 
You got to teach people how to operate in third heaven authority so they won't get, become deceived during these experiences. They'll be stable. They'll be fixed. They'll understand. They need mentors to lead the way. And also that will establish credibility because the enemy will try to discredit these moves in the church. So we've got to make them strong. Praise God. I'll tell you one last thing. I, I pretty much, Millian, gave you the entire vision. That's chapter one. Only chapter one in the book is written a whole lot better than what I just shared. Uh, the last thing that happened when the Lord was finished talking to me is an angel walked over. And he motioned for me to follow him. When I did, we walked right through the wall. There was no door. We went through the wall, meaning we went through the colors and the sounds of the room. We went into an adjacent room and the colors and the sounds were slightly different. And then the angel revealed to me that there were many rooms. And what I understood from him is that in heaven, anointings are as important as they are on earth. In fact, the reason that anointings and moves of the Holy Spirit of God are important on the earth is because they duplicate what it is that God is doing in heaven and what his intent is for here. Because each room had a different purpose, had a different anointing, and a different way of releasing revelation and the purpose of God, the power of God. And so anointings are so important. Praise God. Now, I've been preaching a long time, brother. You probably got lots of questions. I have questions. Yes, sir. Okay. So this big experience that happens now, I ask some really deeper questions. I ask some stupid questions. I'm going to give you a little of both here. So what did the angels look like? Because I've heard lots of different things. What are we talking about? I have seen angels in visitations. I've seen them in heaven. In visitations, they look more like people, usually taller than me. They have a glow about them, getting back to the glory presence that is upon them. In different occurrences, um, they appear dressed differently according to the situation. Now, one of the things I want to caution believers, and I'll finish answering that question, is that the, the way that the revelation manifests is not always the point. When Jesus himself used parables and he said the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, he wasn't saying the kingdom of God is a little round hard thing that you can hold between your fingers. The revelation was the growing principle of how that can grow and become a tree and house the birds, etc. The growing principle. So we don't make doctrine out of the vehicle or what he was analogizing. We make doctrine out of the revelation. And so when we're talking about angels, all of these things are common. My wife sees angels. I got good friends uh, in and out of the ministry that have seen angels. And to a large degree, they're very similar. For instance, my wife saw an angel one time that was completely encased in what you would, it kind of a, a metallic kind of like a chrome metallic 
And the angel spoke to her and began to talk to her about armor and about power. And it was all in relation. The revelation he was giving to her was according to the appearance, or I should say it backwards, that the appearance was according to the revelation that he brought. So most of the time, they appear to me in what would be uh, similar to human form. Usually, they are taller. For instance, uh, I have a chapter on my book about the times that I have seen Michael, the war angel. And Michael, I've seen him, I think, six times. Usually, it's other angels in my encounters. And every time that Michael appeared to me, he was about nine foot tall. He was wearing what you would think of as traditional garb. He had on leather armor with metal brackets, buckles, things of that nature, a metal sword, leather sandal. The angels that I saw in heaven that were standing around were obscure. I knew they were angels. I could see there were many of them, but it was more obscure because the focus was on the throne and was on Jesus. Praise God. But I would say the bulk of the uh, appearances that I have seen fit within that category I just described. The struggle that I have is that I've always heard about angels. To my knowledge, I have not consciously noticed an angel. I've gotten so many different answers because I ask this a lot. I can't seem to figure out what angels do exactly because they've had their sort of their explanation with people like, there are these big, powerful things that are fighting in and around you and guardian angels. And then I've heard other people say, well, they're just messengers. And I've heard other people say, well, they just kind of hang in the background cheering you on. And I can't seem to get a straight answer as to what exactly is an angel and what is its purpose and what do I need to know in my life about it? Or, you know, or the listener's life, of course, as it were. Ah, oh, praise God. That's a good question, though. Interestingly, Millie and I have a chapter in my book on angels. I describe all of those things you just questioned. Not the definitive work, but it gets in-depth into angels. Angels are messengers, okay? There are three categories of angels the Bible talks about because, uh, you know, we look at what we call archangels, head angels over specific things. We know that Lucifer himself in Ezekiel and Isaiah was talking about or the Bible talks about him from the standpoint of probably, we assume from the verbiage, the way that it's written, was in charge of heavenly worship and music in heaven before his fall. Then we find, and and even though the Bible, to my knowledge, does not describe who may have taken his place after the fall, we don't find a name there. And when you get into the apocryphal books and stuff that are in uh, like in Catholicism and other things, there are some other archangels that are mentioned, but those are not in the canon of Scripture that we, as Protestant believers, use. So I never go down that road and talk about them. But the next one is Michael, as uh, he's referred to as the war angel. He always manifests himself, particularly you'll find him in the book of Revelation. He appears there. He appears also in Daniel. He is called the prince of Israel, not only physical Israel, but also now spiritual Israel, the body of Christ. 
He's the protector. But the Bible also talks about messenger angels. Who's the messenger angel? Come on, brain, bring it up. Gabriel. See, it was there the whole time. I just talked too fast and ran right by it. Gabriel, he is always one that manifests when it names an angel that came to give a message, particularly, you know, you look into Luke and you see Gabriel is the one who comes and gives messages to Mary and so forth. So we find that there are different kinds of angels. So it's not one size fits all. There's so many different ones, and they do different things. Some of them are revelation angels. They're meant to whisper into your spirit, into your ear, as it were, certain things. I've seen angels when I'm preaching. There have been times I've stood on the platform and I'm preaching, and the Spirit of God is moving, the glory of God is in the room, things are happening, the anointing is there. And I've watched angels just appear and move about the room. And this is what's interesting to me is I see an angel walk over. I'm, I'm still just preaching. I see an angel walk over to a person and touch them on the shoulder or whisper in their ear. And physically on their face, they stop. I'm talking about the person. The person stops and opens his Bible and turns to the person next to him and points at it. He just understood something. A revelation just came. I watched the angel do it. Happened just like that. I've seen the angels walk over to people, touch them, and healings manifest. You know, in the Bible, it talks about that there are healing angels. Now, I know we get to this point. People become a little concerned and afraid. We're not supposed to worship angels. True. But we're not supposed to ignore them either. We're not supposed to deny or denounce them either. You know, there are more books in the body of Christ that are written on demons, the origin and operation of demons and how to take care of them and bind them and all this kind of stuff than there are on angels. Why? Because of that fear that Satan has sown into the body of Christ that don't you dare go down that road or somehow you're going to slight the Lord Jesus Christ, his place as being the Lord of your life and the salvation that he's given to you. And I don't believe that at all, because I know when he talked to me, uh, Jesus, in that encounter that I was sharing with you, the vision, the third heaven vision, and about third heaven authority, at that point, he talked to me about how that angels are involved in spiritual warfare and push the, the demonic spirits back and away. They bring protection. They have the ability to bind them at times and to remove them, or at least push them back is maybe a better term, away from your life, prohibit them. What's interesting to me is when we study the book of Acts, we find terminologies concerning angels that are, I didn't expect to go down this road, by the way, Million, but bear with me, that are very interesting because it'll say something like the Holy Spirit moved, and then it'll say an angel did something. The connection of the angels with the Holy Spirit 
and with the human spirits operates in sync with the power of God. They're involved. They are messengers. They are facilitators. They are empowers. They are healers. I firmly believe, and I've seen in the spirit, my wife and I both, angels of prosperity. Because all they do is carry everything that Jesus's blood has purchased for us, which the name of Jesus enforces. They carry those things to our lives, and then they minister for us. There are times when I rebuke a demon that there, I can feel an angelic presence going forward to enforce that rebuke. So they're involved in everything that's going on around us. A lot of the things that we would attribute to, see, the first level is God did this for me. And that's good. Second level is Jesus did this for me. And that's good. But third level is the Holy Spirit is involved in all these things, doing these things for me. And that's great. But also, the angels, likewise, are involved in all of those activities around our lives. When you were having that portal experience and you were looking down, and you alluded to this a second ago, the demonic spirits, I've heard several explanations from fallen angels, disembodied spirits, something different. I would like to know your take on what you feel that is, and was there any significance when you see the color red as a red glow? I think you said green for the absence of God or, or the absence of spirit or something like that. Could you expound a little more on what you think that is, and is there any significance to like the colors or the interpretation of what you were seeing? Yeah, the colors, I'll be honest with you, I've asked the Lord what the colors meant at that particular point, and as of yet, he hasn't told me. So I can only go by what I did know the fact that they were dull. The absence of the glory of God wasn't the color, but the dullness that was on them. Because if God isn't in them, then it's, it's like some of them were red, the lower level, the general was green. But if you were to just take a, just a real dull red or green and put it on, on a canvas or on a board, and then take and right next to it, is to put a brilliant red or green. I don't know how to describe it better than that. It seems like it's more of an intensity that, than anything else. Yeah, and there's a glow. Like a saturation yeah. glow kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And the origin of the, the demonic spirits, what do, what do you think of those? Quite honestly, I'm going to tell you, I do not know right now. I know both. I've studied in depth and have bounced back and forth between the two answers of number one, that they are angels that fell with Lucifer, and number two, that they were a pre-Adamic race. Um, and I lean more toward the fallen angels at this point, but I understand the scriptures pertaining to both. Perhaps you can clear this up a little more for me, is that when you were having that encounter experience, you had said earlier that when you spoke, that's when the angels engaged. And what I found interesting, little side note was, is that when you were speaking to the demonic spirits, you were disrupting communication is what it seemed like the main thing was. So 
when you were giving that certain command and then the angels engaged, from a spiritual warfare perspective, why do the angels wait for that? Why can't they just go without somebody speaking? Why does it have to be triggered by a human? It's like what I'm not I'm not making that connection there. First of all, they're beings who have power. They're very powerful beings, but they operate according to authority. And so they have they don't have the authority in and of themselves to do it without the command of God or the command of the believer. That that makes a lot of sense. It's kind of clicking a little now. So, authority cuz here in our ministry, Dominion Fire, we're big about dominion and authority, you know, Exousia, Dunamis, that whole deal. Yay! So when we speak authority in your words and in relation to this experience in your book, what does authority specifically mean? And then like define it for us and then define spiritual warfare specifically for us. Okay, authority. First of all, there are two things that we are very interested in spiritually as being believers that come from God. You know, the divine flow of everything is from heaven to earth. Jesus himself said in Matthew 28 um, that all authority has been given unto me, both in heaven and on earth. The flow is from heaven to earth. He said all authority had been given to him. Then he said, therefore, you go. We go in Jesus's name because the name enforces the authority. Now, but we want the power to be there. The power of God is also with it. Power is the ability to act or to transform. Authority is the right to act or to transform. Power responds to authority. So authority is a delegated ability, the delegated right permission, you know, from the Lord Jesus Christ to do so. So when we talk about authority, there are different levels of authority. And I'll just mention a few of them. Again, they're well-defined in the book. The first one is what we call the authority of mankind. It's the authority of the physical body. This physical body that we walk around in right now, it gives us the right to operate in this first heaven or this physical realm. It's dominion. I love your name, dominion. You go back to Genesis 1. He gave man dominion. Why? Because he made him in a body. Dominion is in a body. If you're going to have dominion on the face of the planet, which is another word synonymous with authority, then you have to be in a body, an earth suit. That's why the warfare that is going on right now is over who gets to use that dominion. Do we yield ourselves to Satan's influence or to God's influence? Who's going to win out? in using that dominion. Now, so that's the authority of mankind. All right, there's another kind of authority and that's spiritual authority. That kind of authority comes when we receive Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And by the way, I will mention that prior to that, when we were serving the devil, as it were, not born again, that the spiritual authority was there. It's just that it was being used by the enemy a lot of people don't want to admit that, but the influence, the mindset, the paradigm, the approach of our entire lives is in a way that is not spirit-led by the Holy Spirit. So therefore, that spiritual authority is using the earthly dominion to go in the wrong way. Now, 
So spiritual authority, we talk about it, is about the believer's authority, is that when we receive Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we're born again, then we have the spiritual ability then and authority to command. He said to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, you know, preach the word, do all of these things. Because our spiritual authority, he even said, remember in, in Luke's gospel, when the 70 came back rejoicing, I think it's in chapter 10, verse 19, he said that uh, don't rejoice because the demons were subject to you, but rejoice because your name is written in heaven. Now, he didn't say stop rejoicing. Yeah, he wants us to rejoice. He wants us to use that authority and the demons become subject to us. But realize it's because our names are written in heaven. It's because of the armor that we have. Now, uh, I won't go through very many more. I will mention this. There's another kind of authority that I call the authority of the, of the glory or in the glory. When we have a glory manifestation that comes on us, million, whatever it is, you know, if somebody prays for you and you fall out under the power and do carpet time. I mean, if you uh, are praying and the Holy Spirit comes on you, if you're in an anointed service, whatever it is, when there's a manifestation of the glory of God that heavily comes upon you and the anointing hits you in some way, it's not just so that you can giggle or that you can tell your friends the next day about how God blessed you. I mean, those are benefits. Do it. I don't care, man. Enjoy it. But it's because God is imparting something. The glory always imparts. When it imparts, that impartation leaves some sense of assignment or directive, thereby it becomes an authority. And that Jesus wants us, the Holy Spirit inside wants us to respond to that infusion of revelation and authority and assignment and to do something with it. So there's an authority release that comes from that. Okay, so those are all areas of authority. Now, here's the deal. I want to say this real quick because I know you got another good question. Third heaven authority is not another kind of authority. There's the authority of man, the authority of the believer, positional authority, authority in the glory. Those are all defined. Third heaven authority is a different perspective and a different position of using them from a higher realm. That's what third heaven authority is all about. Rather than, as I was defining earlier, being locked into a spiritual perception or perspective, I should say, of being on the earth, dealing with things from here. And by the way, you can do that and be very successful. Millie and I did this for decades in full-time ministry. People being saved, healed, delivered, all kinds of things. But I learned a different perspective. See, perception. We, we all have perceptions, spiritual perceptions. We spend our life. So you asked me one question, I spend 30 minutes. We all have different uh, perceptions. Uh, the perception is how 
is the information that you get, how you, what you see, what you hear, what you experience. All those perceptions come. We develop those spiritual perceptions because we're talking about the voice of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. All those things are perceptions that we develop, but they're also perspectives. Our perspective is the position we view those things from. Do we view them from an earthly standpoint or do we view them from heaven? Third heaven authority is heaven's viewpoint looking down. How we operate in the authorities from heaven's viewpoint looking down through the eyes of Jesus, through the eyes of the Word, through the eyes of the Holy Spirit, rather than from earth's viewpoint, trying to look up and grasp things. The Holy Spirit has that ability to come on the inside of us and to transport us in various ways. Yes, with me, he took me to heaven and showed me that. The people that are listening right now, you don't have to have that experience. You don't have to go to heaven to operate in third heaven authority. But what it does require is the perspective of the Holy Spirit lifting you up and showing it from heaven's viewpoint. And my book describes that very, very well. Now, I want to press in a little bit on that last topic because you you beat me to the question a little bit, but I'll, I'll throw another one at you. In a practical case, one thing I always kind of bugged me was that I love when I hear a cool story, but then they don't tell you how to do it. And it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so practically, now give me an example here. Let's say I'm, I'm out somewhere and I'm face-to-face with someone that needs like a healing, something, whatever it is. We're going to lay hands, minister, whatever it is we do. And I think to myself, hey, I heard that awesome podcast and third heaven authority. How do you actually do it? What's the practical application of doing this in you know everyday life? How are we doing it? Getting down to that practical application is so necessary. Because everybody that's listening right now is thinking, how is this going to affect my life? And I would say to each and every one that it's going to affect your life. Number one, it's going to transform your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit. Number two, it's going to increase the effectiveness of your prayer life in general. And number three, it's going to release a more authoritative perspective about how you deal with life situations like you're talking about. And I'm going to come right back to that, but I've got to say this first. Third heaven authority is more than just a decree or a prayer. Third heaven authority transforms your perception of yourself and your viewpoint of who you are in the circumstances and the life that is around you. It transforms you and raises you up from being one who is operating in a sense of lack of power. Every human being, to some degree, reaches a level in their life where they feel like they don't have much power, control, or authority over the things going on around them. Third heaven authority teaches you that you always have that authority and that power. It may not be to snap your fingers in some magical way, and those situations change but it absolutely transforms you internally. And the way that you approach those, retain your own spiritual power, your own personal power, so that you walk into every one of these situations knowing 
that you do have control and you refuse to give that control away to anybody or anything that would attempt to take it from you. So then in your question, you're out doing shopping, come across a situation, you got to pray. It takes practice. I wish, I wish that I could say do one, two, three, and by this time tomorrow, you'll be a spiritual authority giant. No, it takes practice. I've been doing this stuff for almost 50 years. It takes practice. What you have to do is start, number one, in your prayer closet. Now, there is a chapter in my book that talks about all these steps of how to develop the third heaven authority in your life. There's a chapter in my book about the spiritual warfare that's ensuing in America right at this particular point and lays out and identifies the main demonic armies that we are fighting. There's a chapter in my book that talks about the answers and the weapons that the Lord has given us in that. So what I'm saying is that through all these things, we develop and we grow in it. Here's the point. If it's not a new kind of authority, then we've got to use the ones we have. There's the authority of man. There's the authority of the believer. There's the authority of position. There's the authority of in the glory. So we're going to use those. So then why do I need third heaven authority? Because it is a higher way of using those. At that particular moment, I have learned, and all of the listeners can too, that in every situation instantly to begin to recognize, number one, discerning of spirits. You know, what, what's a spiritual force? What's going on? What's the origin? What's the implications of all these things that are going on? Is this God doing something? Or is this the enemy doing something? If it's the enemy doing something, then what's the form of the Lord? Even though the Lord didn't cause this that's happening, where is he at? What does he look like? What is he doing? There's spiritual discerning that, that happens through that, developed from the inside out. Number two, then how do I do it against? If I'm going to pray for somebody, let me give you this testimony. I preached in a city one time on Third Heaven Authority, came back about six months or a year later and preached again. A woman came up to me uh, after the service and gave me a testimony. And she said, Mike, I was in the first meeting. I heard you preach it. And she said, something happened to me. I've always been a person that is heavily involved in prayer, in accessory prayer, I pray for people all the time. I get, I move in the gifts of the spirit. I lay hands on the sick. I do all these things. And I've always had a degree of success. But once I heard you teach on third heaven authority, what happened to me is that from that night on, I found myself looking at things from a different perspective. I still pray. I still lay hands on the sick. But when I, for instance, if somebody's ill and I lay hands on them and I'm going to pray for them, on the inside, instead of me standing right here on the linear level and just looking at them and praying for them that way, because that was my mindset before, in my heart, suddenly the Holy Spirit and the anointing lifts me up. I feel myself just rise up in the spirit. I'm still standing there, but this spiritual encounter lifts me up and I'm above the situation looking at them. She said, it's increased my boldness and my effectiveness. She said, now things are happening quicker, faster, answers to prayer. 
it's completely revolutionized my prayer life and my authority. So do you catch where I'm going with this, Millian? Absolutely, yes. I wish I could just say to all of the listeners that here's the thing, hold your mouth a certain way, you know, or or raise your voice or speak in a deeper tone or, you know, anything like that to just boom, make it happen. I, I can't, but what I can tell you is that if you will operate and learn to walk in third heaven authority in those daily encounters, whether you're at home praying, whether you're out on the street and a situation arises, there will be an intense perspective of the glory of God and the direction of God come upon you in this area of third heaven authority. And I'll go so far as to just use these words. I guarantee you, you'll become more powerful in the spirit and more effective in releasing the kingdom of God into every situation in your life. Listeners, the book is called Third Heaven Authority. Discover how to pray from heaven's perspective with our guest today, Mike Thompson. Mike, how can people find you? How can they track you down? How do they get the book? Give us the all the connections. The easiest way, of course, would be website, MikeThompsonMinistries.org. Now that's a bounce site, I'll be honest with you, because the corporate website is WordOfLifeWorldOutreach.org. They can go directly there, but everybody can remember my name, MikeThompsonMinistries.org or .com. And we are also on social media. In fact, that's where our greatest audience is, YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Instagram. And again, Mike Thompson Ministry on every one of those platforms. We do have a local meeting. And what that is, is that we have a recording studio at 9041 South Pecos Road, Suite 4000. It is the Prophet's House studio. People who come and are the audience are the local congregation. It's live streamed. And so those that are watching all over the world, we have many partners from everywhere. They're the extended congregation, as it were. So we are, we're a hybrid church. We're a weird duck, but we're a weird duck for Jesus, man. We know about weird up in here. So we're, I'm right there with you, man. That's awesome. I see it, man. I see it on you. you. Also, I just tell people that that book, probably uh, just search it in the internet. Probably Amazon would be a good place. Third Heaven Authority with Mike Thompson. And thankfully, Recently, it has, uh, according to Amazon figures, also on Walmart, has reached uh, bestseller in several different categories. And of course, that varies from day to day and week to week and all that kind of stuff. But in other words, people are interested in the subject. And I'd love for the listeners to just enhance their life. Yeah, this is good stuff. Listeners, if you're ever unsure about anything on the program, you can, of course, message us here. The email is podcast at dominionfire.com. The website is dominionfire.com. Once again, we are on all the majors, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. There's like like 50 others. I can't even remember them all. But anytime you're not sure, either dominionfire.com or sleek.bio forward slash dominionfire. And once again, we always ask, please consider financially supporting us. Buymeacoffee.com because you know I'm a huge coffee fan. Forward slash DF360 for Dominion Fire 360. Reference state of the podcast episode for the full explanation of what we're doing here. 
while you're floating around, if you would leave all the feedback on the podcast platforms, five star ratings, because come on, you heard the show today. I give it a hundred stars at this point, but that helps us incredibly as well. So dominionfire.com for everything or the sleek.bio slash dominionfire, whatever's easiest. Mike, earlier I referred to you as Pastor Mike and you said more prophetic. So first off, I want to thank you for being here. Incredible conversation. I love stuff like I love these deep conversations. As we're getting ready to close out here, normally I would say like maybe pray for the audience, but would you speak maybe prophetically to the audience and the listeners for uh, kind of whatever comes to you? What are you thinking right about now? What do you think they need to hear? I think they need to hear that these are the greatest times to be a Christian on planet Earth, that right at this particular moment, that regardless of what the assaults have been from the enemy, what I call the ruling political spirit of Jezebel and Antichrist on the far left that the assaults through the pandemic and through everything else, governmental abuse, everything that's happened recently is that we serve Jesus Christ and he is Lord. And we are right now on the cusp of the greatest spiritual revival and awakening and mass evangelism that has ever hit planet Earth. And that we are right now at this point, and I speak this prophetically, if you will just stop for a moment as you're listening, Right now, open your spiritual ears, open your heart, and hear this. You are called by the Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of the Spirit of God to rise up and to become part of the Lion's Army, the Lion of Judah, the greatest fighting spiritual force in the spiritual realm that contains the authority and the power of the living God to bring righteousness to this planet and to bring about the salvation of humanity, that God needs you and that it is a normal course for your life because you were created to operate in the spiritual realm with spiritual revelation and with third heaven authority. So now I wanna pray for you. Lord, let the Holy Spirit now and the anointing of God release that anointing and revelation into their lives. Amen. I will definitely amen that one. That's some hot fire up in here at Dominion Fire. And this has been Dominion Fire 360 podcast with me, Million, M-I-L-L-I-A-N, our guest today, Mike Thompson, Third Heaven Authority, the book. Thank you, as always, for being here, listeners. We continue to bring you additional content in the future with more incredible guests and fun topics. We thank you for being here. And as we always say here at our ministry, boom, goes Yeshua, and we'll see you guys next time.